Welcome to Leadership Wisdom Podcast, part of the cultural influencers from Christian International and Chantel Cooley Ministries. Here we discuss and share leadership lessons, stories, and experiences to help you move forward in life. Welcome to Leadership Wisdom Podcast. We are here with you today with Pastor uh, Pastor Tom and Apostle Tom and Prophet Tom. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. <laughs> and Senior Pastor of Vision Church at Christian International. He's an author, speaker. He travels the world. He's just amazing. Every time I hear you speak, it's just full of wisdom and knowledge. And uh, it, I think you have a a spirit of encouragement on you as well. So welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much, Chantel. We love you guys so much and so appreciate all that you do for the kingdom of God. You are a kingdom transformation machine. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I've really enjoyed doing the podcast. And um, I think uh, Christian International family and all those connected with you have something for this world to hear. So we're excited to hear what you're bringing for us today. Thank you so much. Well, I just wanted to share a little bit about some of the things that God had placed on my heart for this season. I believe it is so important for us to be able to hear from heaven and hear what God wants to decree to be able to bring forth the blessings that God wants to release in this season in the earth. And one of the things I believe God is saying is that, you know, God wants to bring breakthrough, but it doesn't mean that there aren't things that we have to breakthrough. And so sometimes there are hindrances or things that are set in opposition against us to accomplish the very heart of God upon our life. You know, sometimes I think uh, I hear people say, well, God gave me this vision. God spoke this to me or God has this heart for me. And so if it's the will of God, it should be easy. But I found out maybe it's just the opposite. If it's the will of God, sometimes uh, the enemy goes on an immediate attack mode to try to stop exactly what God wants to do. And so we have to know how to weather the storm and how to contend for what God has promised. And so maybe for a moment here, I'd like to just talk to our audience about how to contend for the dream. God, in truth, has spoken a dream over every person's life. God has a, a heart, a passion, and a purpose for every single one of us. And uh, Sometimes it feels like that dream can be so far off. I know, Chantel, that your testimony is exactly like that with your dad and your business and that things uh, seemingly were going all the opposite direction from what you had heard that God wanted to do to make you guys a success. And you had to fight. You had to fight yourself. You had to fight your doubts. You had to fight the enemy. You had to fight in every way you could with the weaponry God had given to be able to bring breakthrough. And so the truth of it is the word contend means to struggle in opposition, to strive or to fight for or to assert yourself earnestly. So that means you're going to have to battle to get what God has promised. Even the children of Israel, when they went into the promised land, God says, here, this is your land. I've given it to you seven times in seven ways. He says, this is yours. Take it. But what he really meant was you got to lift up your sword and fight. And if you do, I'll pull down the walls, uh, cities. I'll pull down the strongholds and I'll even help you to take down giants that are in your way. And you know, the truth of it is sometimes the biggest dream or the biggest battle in our life has to do with a call of God upon our life. I can remember years ago when I was down in the nation of Jamaica and I was ministering 
as a prophet to that nation. I was just a young pastor at that time. And, you know, a lot of things felt very daunting. They felt a little uh, crazy for me to be able to accomplish the, the call of God. And so I can remember landing in Kingston and I thought, Every demon in Jamaica is looking at me. I just thought so. Uh, there was so much intimidation there just to do what God had called me to. And God really visited me there. And I, I don't want to take the time to, to speak into all of that. But while I was there, he also spoke out of Isaiah 22 to me. And what's interesting about that passage in Scripture is it starts off like this. It says, the burden in the valley of the vision. And sometimes it is the vision that we are contending for the most. Sometimes it's because we do have a passion, we do feel a calling, we do want to accomplish something for God, that it feels like that is the weight upon our shoulders. In fact, you know, my father's been in ministry now over 66 years. He's 85, going on 86 years old. Uh, he's been a, a hero of mine and really a father in the prophetic and in the church. Uh, and so, you know, at 16, when I began to get words to say the double portion from your father, like Elijah to Elisha will rest on your shoulders, how exciting that was. But at the same time, how daunting it was. It's like, how will I ever fill those shoes or how will I accomplish what God has called or made for me to do? And sometimes it's that vision that weighs heavy upon us. Uh, but, you know, God's plan is always very straightforward and simple. Uh, it may feel like we're taking a lot of curves to get where God has called us to go. Uh, but you know, when you go up uh, a mountainside, if you want to go to the top of the mountain, it's never a straight shot. Uh, you're going to take a road over and back and, and some uh, hairpin curves, and you're going to go back and forth and up and down a little bit before you actually get to the top of that mountain that God's called us to. So God speaks a vision to us. There's the power. God always starts by releasing His Word to us. If you think about when He came to planet Earth, it was the prison planet of Lucifer. It was an ice ball, if you will. It was uh, without form and void. And uh, the Lord came down and said, I don't like this. I don't like anything uh, that's lifeless. I don't like anything that's out of order. I don't like uh, this planet the way it is. And he says, I'm going to do something new. And so he began to do what? He spoke, let there be light. Then he said, let there be life. And then he began to loose a divine order when he created Adam and Eve. And what did he say to them? Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and then I'll give you a place of rulership, of leadership. You will so do, and you will have dominion over this whole planet, over the birds, over the fish, over the ground, over the water, over everything that's in the purview of creation. I'm giving you, mankind, now my delegated authority to represent me and bring what? Divine order, bring life, and now begin to loose my glory back into this planet that is chaotic. And so when God starts, it's always the same. He always says, let there be light. Let there be life. And so if you're feeling like it's kind of dark or you don't feel like things are working right, uh, then just agree with God and His decree of fruitfulness, of increase, and of blessing that God wants to bring upon your life. Now, the enemy's plan, if you remember what he did, he didn't want to give way to the to uh, uh, this new creation at all. And so what he began to do 
is he began to inject doubt into the system. If you remember, what he began to do is he spoke to Eve and he said, hath God said. And then he not only spoke to Eve, hath God said, but then he said, hey, you know what? Even if you eat of this forbidden fruit, one, there is no forbidden fruit. And if there were, God says, or you know, he said, there will be no consequences. You shall not die. But the truth of it is the enemy is a liar and a father of lies. And whenever you believe a lie, he has power in your life. The moment you believe the truth, God says he will make you free, set you free, make you free, and you will operate in the freedom of being who God called you to be. But what the enemy tried to bring to Eve, and I don't have time to elaborate on this one, but it's a big one. He tried to bring Eve into a victim mentality. And if you give way to a victim mentality, it will always rule your life. You feel like you won't have a choice. You feel like uh, that things are against you that are actually for you. You feel like God won't didn't make you right and that you don't have the right opportunities. But the truth of it is in Christ, we have a way forward and a way for freedom and a way for blessing. And so, you know, sometimes when we get caught in that uh, trap, uh, the enemy wants to play a, a game called the shame blame game on us. And so when we feel bad about ourselves, instead of dealing with it the way we're called to, sometimes we just begin to blame somebody else. And so that's kind of what Adam did. If you remember with Eve, he said, is that woman you gave me? And uh, then Eve, you know, she said, well, it was that serpent over there. And then the serpent didn't have anybody to blame. So God says, you're cursed. Get on your belly. You're going to have to uh, operate this way. Uh, but uh, even with Cain and Abel, the sacrifice that they brought, if uh, Cain brought in a sacrifice that God said, it's the fruit of the earth. I can't receive that. It's, the earth is cursed. Go back and get a right sacrifice. Well, instead of that, Cain got mad and said, well, Abel's received and I'm not. And so he just blamed his brother, Abel. And so he lived out that shame blame game. What God's trying to do is get us out of that victim mentality and out of that game so that when things aren't going right, we don't operate now in some kind of framework that causes this to be perpetuated. What we want to do is break the shame. See, when Adam and Eve ate of the forbidden fruit, excuse me, they uh, didn't actually fall over dead, but they lost the glory and shame entered into their life. And so the enemy's plan is to put shame in our life. And that's what causes the curse to work against us, the wrong identity. Shame is not just a problem because it's a projection toward us. It's an identity issue. It's not that, uh, you know, I made a mistake. It's I am a mistake. It's not that I have a problem. It's that I am a problem. And so God wants to shift our identity so we know who we are in Christ and break that pattern of death that comes through shame upon us as an identity and know that we're sons and daughters of God when we ask him into our life. And so God wants to free us from that penalty and from that pain. And so what God spoke to me uh, it was out of the, the, the life of Joseph. And I just want to give you a couple of things that will speak to you, I believe, about some of the dream stealers. And before I say that, let me just say, how do you recognize the dream of God? The dream of God will always speak of restoration and beauty. It will always speak of love and abundant life. The dream of God is not a nightmare. It's a dream. It'll speak of service and sacrifice. It'll speak of the kingdom and it'll speak of greatness. There's greatness inside of you. If you haven't discovered it yet, 
I want you to know, God says there's a dream of God inside of you. There's a potential. There's a DNA strand from the Father above, and He wants that to be realized within your life. That's God's heart for you to be free. But if you think about Joseph, he was a dreamer. And he, from a young age, got an amazing dream. And then his father gave him a coat of favor. And boy, was he excited about that. But remember, it wasn't long before things seemed to go wrong. And all of a sudden, his brothers, instead of celebrating him, what did they do? They got jealous. They got upset. And then they tried to rob that coat of favor. In fact, they did. And then they threw him in a pit. What we call a pit is a prophet in training, a person in training. <laughs> threw him in the pit. And so the first thing the enemy will do to rob the dream out of your heart is try to hurt your heart. And I'm sure he was so hurt that his brothers, his own brothers, didn't celebrate him but betrayed him. They wanted to kill him. Instead, they just threw him in a pit and then sold him down the river into slavery. Can you imagine? being brought to a land you never expected to be in, never wanted to be in, separated from your family, your coat of favor, put blood on it, taken to your father, your father thinks you're dead. The pain that he must have felt was great. And so the enemy's attack first to try to cause the dream to die inside of you is he wants to hurt your heart. But you know what Jesus said in Isaiah 61? He came to heal the brokenhearted. And so God has a way of dealing with that. And then he gets in Egypt. He works hard. He's a businessman. He works under his boss, Potiphar. He gets to the right hand of Potiphar. Potiphar says, you're the greatest servant I've ever had. I didn't even look behind me. When I leave, I know you're going to take care of everything. But how many know when favor comes on your life, sometimes not only God notices, but other people do. So he had this code of favor on him again. And he was carrying right at the right hand of Potiphar over everything that had been given to him. But you remember Potiphar's wife took note and said, this guy's good looking. This guy has favor. This guy has a gift. There's something on here. And he says, she said, I want some of that. And she ran over to him and said, look, this is the Egyptian way. And if you don't lie with me and do it the Egyptian way, you'll lose everything. Your position, your power, all that you've worked so hard for. I tell you what, you'll be further down than when you started right here in Potiphar's house. And he decided at that moment, he had to decide inside of him, you know, the second attack is to turn your heart. And the enemy was trying to turn his heart into compromise. And if he would have turned to the Egyptian way and said, well, I just got to do this to keep my position. I've got to do this to, to, to get what I've earned and what I've worked so hard for, then he would have lost out on that call. And what she did was, he said, I will not sin against my master and I will not sin against my God. She grabbed the coat of favor and ripped it off of him. He ran from her and said, no, I will not lie with you. And she lied. And I'm sure he thought, Potiphar will never believe this, but he did. And he ended up down in the dungeon in dark uh, a bondage that he, he could, it must have been worse than anything he'd ever experienced in his life up to that point. But you know what he had to do? continuing to use the gift that was on him, interpret dreams, prophetically operate. And all of a sudden, before you know it, he went from the bottom to the top because there was a code of favor that man could not take from him that was upon his life to fulfill the dream. And so we went from the bottom to the top again, but I'm sure he's thinking, oh, that second foot is going to fall. What's the other thing that's going to happen any moment now? Surely it's all going to go uh, away. I mean, sure that fear came against him. But he continued to pray, to continue to use his gift, and he 
got to the top of the prison. Well, if you're at the top of the bottom, that's something, you know. And uh, he was there, and he interpreted the dream of the butler and the baker. The butler, he said, hey, your head's going to be restored back to uh, the house of Pharaoh. And then the baker, he said, I've got a word, but it's not as similar. Your head is also going to be lifted up, but it's a little different. It's going to be lifted off. So he didn't compromise and not give him a false word. He gave him the true word, even though it was a hard word. But he said one thing, please remember me when you get to Pharaoh's house. But how many know he forgot? Sometimes you give the word, you bless somebody, but you know, easy, out of sight, out of mind. And I'm sure one day in prison felt like a year. And he's thinking, oh my gosh, he's forgotten me. And that's where the enemy wants to make your heart sick. It says disappointment and delay will make your heart sick. And that's another thing that will try to rob the dream out of your life. He'll either try to come and hurt your heart, turn your heart, or if he can make your heart sick just by a little more delay, then you would give up before the breakthrough comes. And it says the word of the Lord tried Joseph until it came to pass. Sometimes the dream is the thing that weighs the heaviest on your heart. But the last uh, really test that he had to pass was this. He got to the to the pharaoh's house that he interpreted the dream of the pharaoh and he's at the right hand of pharaoh remember the dream he had in the beginning they're going to bow down the sun and the moon are going to bow down the stars are going to bow down the grain is going to bow down to me wow what a powerful thing how will that ever happen well here he is at the right hand of pharaoh and you know what happens there's a famine in the land his brothers come they stand before him they do not recognize him and what do they do they bow down for grain exactly the dream that he had was coming to pass. You know what uh, Joseph needed to be able to accomplish that dream? He needed to understand agriculture and he needed to understand Pharaoh's house. You know what he learned in Potiphar's house? All about agriculture. You know what he learned in the dungeon, the, the government dungeon, dungeon, all about Pharaoh's house. How did God prepare him? Through some of the darkest days of his life, actually prepared him for the position God had placed him. But it was not the fulfillment of the dream. The fulfillment of the dream is when his brothers came, they bowed before him, asked him for grain. And he said to him, to them, you know, he kind of tested them. He said, put some stuff in their pack and said, are you going to treat your little brother the same way you treated me? And when they didn't do that, then he said, hey, I am Joseph. I'm not the, the, just the, one of the Pharaoh's right-hand men. I'm Joseph, your brother. And I thought they thought, oh my God, we're dead. The, this is Joseph that we betrayed, we hurt, we lied. We did all these terrible things to him, and now he's in charge of everything. But you know what? Joseph had the audacity to say, that which is meant, meant you meant for evil, God is meant for my good, and that God sent me to Egypt before you to prepare the way. You know what was on the other side of Joseph's obedience and keeping a right heart and fulfilling the dream? It was the preservation of his family and the restoration of his family and the preservation and restoration of a nation. And so the last uh, test was the, the dream stealer was the hardening of his heart. If he would not have forgiven, if he would not have let go of the pain of the uh, betrayal and all the terrible things that took place over those years, if he would have let that rule him, he would have got to the position and then done it wrong. 
he would not have fulfilled what he was called to be there for. And so these are the dream stealers that the enemy is trying to bring against you. And so I just want to agree with you that whatever it is that you feel like you're in this process at uh, one point or another, and the enemy is trying to hurt your heart, he's trying to turn your heart and compromise, he's trying to, to break your heart, he's trying to do something to make your heart sick and delay or harden your heart out of unforgiveness, God says he wants to see the dream fulfilled over your life, that what you are called to do is key, as important as anybody or anything, that what you do is doing your part. And the third, Joseph was the youngest, he was insignificant in everybody's eyes, but he ended up being the key that unlocked everything. You never know, God will use some of the most insignificant people to do the greatest things in these days. Well, this is powerful. I can totally relate to everything you're saying, especially about Joseph. I think um, maybe in the last few minutes of the podcast, let's pray for those leaders, business leaders that are out there that have forgotten how to dream, especially during this time. You may think your dreams are gone. Everything's over. And no, it's not over. We're just beginning and getting repositioned. And uh, I, I see a lot of people, they just, they've had so many failures. And if we would have given up, Based on our, we had so many failures, it was unbelievable, but we never, we never quit. And that's exactly what you are talking about. You just persevere and you push through. So pray over us, uh, those business I, leaders. I love that, Chantel. You know, uh, one of the words we had is going from survival to revival. And so God doesn't want us to be in survival mode. He wants not just life, but abundant life for us. And so we're going to pray that the, the revival actually means the breath of God, resurrection life coming back inside of you. And so every prophet that I've heard talk about the time that we're in right now, God's actually saying it's just a, a reset and God's going to do more in this next season economically, uh, spiritually, in different realms uh, that God has for us, even in, in the realms that we're contending with in the mountains of, of a culture and influence than we've ever seen before. And so don't get down, uh, just bow down to the Lord and let him deal with your heart and whatever he needs to because he's equipping you in this time in ways that you did not expect. It's not what Joseph thought would be the path he would have to take to fulfill the dream, but it was God's hand. Even in all the things that he walked through, God preserved him, blessed him, and that coat of favor could not be taken from him. God kept him in his heart and in his uh, place of fulfilling the dream, even in this process. So Father, I'm praying for everyone that's listening right now, Lord, that they will not be discouraged. They will not be worried. They will not be hunkering down in a negative way where they think they're just going to survive and somehow barely make it through. We're not going into depression. Lord, there's a, a reviving that you want to bring in every way into our life. And so, Father, I come against that hurt and that pain. And wherever our heart got broken, you said you came to heal the brokenhearted. So loose healing to our pain and disappointment. We loose right now that strength to those that if they're in the midst of a process and the enemy is trying to get them to compromise and trying to turn their heart and try to rob their gift, we say no to that. Father, businessmen and women are on the front lines of this battle. Preachers and ministers are on the front lines of this battle. Uh, housewives and moms and dads are on the front lines of this battle. And so, Father, we just decree right now, Father, that they will not have a heart 
heart sickness either that because of delay, it took longer than expected. It was a little harder than they expected. It's not exactly all that they thought they wanted immediately. The dream, don't let it die. The dream is still in God's heart. Just connect to God's heart and he will put a coat of favor upon you and bring it to pass. And mostly, don't let unforgiveness grow in your heart towards you and your own mistakes, toward others and what they've done to you, uh, toward God if you think that God mistreated you in some way. Don't let that be there. Break that right now just by saying, God, I receive your forgiveness for myself. I give my forgiveness freely to others even though they despitefully use me and hurt me. I let go of the offense. I let go of the pain. I put it in your hands. Vengeance is yours, God, not mine. I trust you with that. And God, even where I didn't understand the process and I was frustrated in my heart because of how I felt like you had given me a dream and I haven't seen it happen yet the way I wanted to, it doesn't mean it's not still true. And so, Father, I speak life right now to the dream. Let dreamers arise. Let Joseph's arise. Let those that have a heart to do it your way, the kingdom way, that we will seek you and your kingdom first and you will add all these other things, that we will have the abundant life that you promised to us. So we thank you right now for that anointing and that grace that sets us free by your power and we loose it to each one listening now in Jesus name. Amen. And I received that. And I know many, many on the podcast are filled up right now as you've spoke to us. We thank you so much. And of course, uh, if you don't have his uh, book out, The Seven Anointings of the Kingdom Transformation, you've got yes. to get it. I, I get bet it. maybe some of this is even in that book, which you've been preaching. Yes, there's a lot of uh, good truths just about how to take the anointings that God's given and bring it into very practical releases on your family, your business, on your community and your nation to bring the transformation that God wants to bring. And Chantel, we so love you and you're on the front lines and we pray for you and so appreciate what you're doing to make a difference in so many people's lives, not just in the church, but in the marketplace where God is moving. Oh, well, thank you so much. It's an honor to be with you and with all these uh, mighty men and women of God that are coming coming on our podcast. Definitely share these podcasts with with those grandchildren, your children. I mean, get these words out because you're never too young to hear this. It's powerful. Get it out to businessmen and women in your church. I, I really feel like we have a word from God. It is called leadership wisdom. And that's yes. <laughs> and it is leadership wisdom. We need that every day. Well, thank and you, you know, Apostle. Go ahead. If they want, if they want uh, the books that I've written or uh, my wife, uh, Apostle Jane, has written or my dad, uh, they can go to ChristianInternational.com. They can go Tom and Jane Hammond. Uh, dot com as well and they can also you know go to uh, our Facebook uh, we're doing communion every night in this season at seven o'clock Facebook live and so there's different opportunities to connect to all the resources that are here through Christian International and we know you're a part of us and we're a part of you and we're so excited about uh, what God is doing in this season yeah and if you don't have a church I know that you guys are on live still every Sunday yeah, right live streaming every Sunday at 10 o'clock in the morning morning on Sundays and we're going to tonight uh, Friday night is uh, a service that we're uh, doing as well through 
Prophet Bill Lackey is going to be doing a ministry time. And so uh, there's just a lot of ways. Every night at 7, like we're saying, during this time of kind of lockdown, where we're just uh, locking down in God, hallelujah, and, and focusing in and having communion, because I think that's a real key for breakthrough and protection and blessing right now. Okay, that's so good. Okay, well, we appreciate you, love you, and we will see you on another podcast. Thank you so much, Chantel. Okay, bye-bye. For more information on Christian International, visit ChristianInternational.com. And for more information on Chantel Cooley Ministries, visit ChantelCooley.com.